Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. As you said, if you just allow people to do whatever they want, they're going to indulge their worst instincts and stay away from those things that are difficult, but may ultimately be the most enriching for their lives. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. We're in a whole new world of work these days. We have the dominant generation creating higher and higher demands for their work, while at the same time, businesses try to find the balance between meeting their wants and honoring their own internal hierarchies. Then there are the challenges of remote work. We're starting to see the benefits and drawbacks both of having a more remote workplace. The question everyone's asking is how do we get the best of both worlds? There's going to be a lot of discussion about how work works in the future, but for now, we need to learn how to manage the position we're in as best we can. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. So is there a line though, like where is the line between meeting millennials and Gen Zs where they are in that I'm unique, I need to be met where I am and where we know that generation, those generations tend to have an excess need to be special. (laughs) How much can a company push back and say, Actually, no, like there's a hierarchy here and you are unique, but like, and and here's another way of asking it. In what way do you see businesses as having a responsibility or opportunity to put the younger generations in their place in a healthy, true way? Well, let me just start by saying that diva behavior. um, (laughs) I love that term. (laughs) And there are, you know, there are coders that are called diva coders. Yes, I've heard of this. Um, you know, on the entertainment side, certainly that's where the phrase diva comes from. Sure. I don't think there's really a place for that in any vertical. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm not a fan of people who want what they want just because they want it. Mm-hmm. But I think that ultimately what we're talking about here is an economic principle, supply and demand. If the supply outweighs the demand, people have to adjust, individuals have to adjust to the company's desires or else they're not going to find employees, uh, employment rather. If there's more demand than there is supply, companies need to adjust to what the market wants. And if the market wants to be treated more as an individual, you know, companies are going to have to sort of bend to that. I'm not sure that there's a right or wrong. I would say ultimately that any company that treats employees like a herd or a cog 
or human resources. Right. Exactly. (laughs) In in the future economy, that's not going to work. It's not even really working now. I love the movie Office Space, which I'm sure you've seen. Too many times. Yeah. So like, you know, (laughs) that to me is the, it was the supply uh, outstrip the demand era where you were just a cog in the machine and you could easily be replaced and they didn't really care who you are. You got to come in on a Sunday and I need those TPS reports by Monday, you know? And there's four different managers that tell tell them about the TPS yeah. reports. Yeah. And by the way, if you want to stay as an employee, you've got to have uh, 15 types of flair on your... <laughs> and you have suspenders. to want to have more types of flair. You have to want flare. to, right. It's not, it's, not, it's not required, but it's suggested. <laughs> and if you don't have it, you're going to get fired. So, but it's not required. I tell my clients sometimes everything you need to know about management is in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Everything you need to know about not, you know, yes, not right. good management, the yeah. mismanagement is in that yeah. movie. So to me, that's the old way of work. The new way of work is much more about you don't want to have flair, not a problem. You want a certain type of flair, that's okay. You want, you know, you you want to uh if you can do your job from home from midnight to 5 a.m. Awesome. You don't want to come into the office, not a problem. That's maybe an extreme step because I, I do think there's a lot of value in having certain types of employees in the same place. But having that flexibility, you know, my line through COVID was, and we had flexibility in our office already. And obviously our freelance clients were, were working remote for years. There's a huge difference between choosing to work remote and having no choice but to work remote i.e. you're on lockdown. I think there's a big difference in that. So I think companies that are either one way or the other, I think are limiting. You need to have some sort of blended flexibility. Like, yeah, we'd love you to be in the office and and there is an expectation you're in the office, but that can be flexible. If if on Tuesdays and Fridays, you need to leave early because you have to pick your kids up at school, go do your thing. Like, you know. If you've been following the recent drama with uh, Apple requiring their employees to be uh, in the office Monday, was it Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, or something? Everybody. No, I I've heard other CEOs that have talked about that, but I didn't know it was happening at Apple. It's not surprising to me. I, I think that um, we're having this problem ourselves. You know, in hiring somebody new at an entry level, how do you really train somebody effectively in the nuance of the job when it's totally remote? Yeah, I don't really know how to do that. And I'm not saying that that's why Apple's doing it, but that has to be part of it. There's something about having people, and again, mentorship, like being able to go to somebody and and sit down and talk to them and problem solve whatever it is you're dealing with. It's very different than having to schedule an appointment to talk to somebody over video to have that same conversation. It's You lose a lot of the spontaneity. And there's certain jobs, I think, that are totally fine remote and there are other jobs that really should be blended and then probably some jobs that should be totally on site. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's going to be a bumpy, bumpy re-entry. Yeah. I imagine there's going to be a fair amount of companies who leave a lot of employees remote. Maybe they already are experiencing this and then realize how much is lost. I mean, I think that's what's behind that Apple decision. It's like, okay, we did the remote thing. Now you all have to be here on these days. And you know the way it looks to me is there's just there there are things that happen when human beings are in the same room with each other that don't happen any other way. Right. 
and that's why uh, you know there's just an energetic field and there's there's stuff right. that happens that uh, scientists can't necessarily point to and the employee mentality is like well if i can write emails and write code or do whatever from anywhere well why can't i do that and then managers are left in this position to try to describe this undescribable thing uh, right and by the way i do i do think that there are some jobs legitimately benefit from being remote. Sure. And there's some on-site practices that are annoying, you know. Yeah, sure. Elon Musk, Elon Musk has a has a uh, famous memo that he doesn't want anybody in any meeting that they don't need to be in. Oh if yeah. Somebody's called into a meeting and they don't think they should be there, he's like just get up and leave. Yeah. Which has got to be, you know, that's got to be weird in practice, but <laughs> as a philosophy, it makes complete sense. Like that is such a waste of time that a lot of companies do. It's like meeting for the sake of meeting. Yep. There are definitely better ways to get on the same page if you need to. That's Yeah, that's how Asana was born, the project management. So yeah. They were tired exactly. of doing updates in person when it could have been done uh, virtually and digitally. Right. And, well, I think we're going to... I think what we're saying here is that there's going to be a lot of examination about how work works that already mm-hmm. is happening and it's probably going to be happening for a long time because the pendulum has swung from everybody's got to be eight to five and wearing certain clothes. And we've been moving away from that from to toward actually you can do it anywhere. No, actually you have to do it somewhere else because of COVID. Right. And it's going to take some time for people to realize what the impact of that is. The lost yeah. group intelligence, the lost camaraderie. Uh, I don't think the Friday afternoon beers are going to be the same if everybody is looking at a Zoom window in their you know, in a corner yeah. of their bedroom. Social media and technology are already isolating enough. Yeah. If we now add everybody sort of working as an island, I don't know. Not, not, <laughs> a, good, not a good not a good direction to be heading in. in my well, opinion. we already know that even though people love social media, the science says they're dissatisfied after spending whatever their right. minutes on it. And they're getting more and more brainwashed. Yes, right. Oh, that's a whole other story. But it's concerning to me because it has to do with how people don't actually know what they want because those they their behavior says they want to be on social media but if you actually look and interview them and talk about it it's not they're not doing something that's actually healthy for them so what if employees want to work at home all the time or 3 or 4 days a week but it's actually not good for them that creates kind of a problem and yeah I'm sure there's a lot of that going on right now because what to me, I'm always looking at the Venn diagram of what people want versus what they need. And a manager in my book is responsible for giving people what they want just enough so that they can swallow what they actually need. That's what a mentor does. That's what accountability is. And if if the work culture shifts to a place where people are uh, overwhelmingly remote, then they may not be getting what they need, even though they're getting what they want and they won't know the difference. I mean, I could boil that comment down to what I've seen firsthand with my kids, uh, in particular, my younger son, who's in ninth grade, experienced this year starting high school remote most of the time. He was in school a little bit, but you know, part of what school does for individuals is it socializes them. It teaches them how to interact with other people, how to advocate for themselves with teachers, how to, you know, how to be in this world. And you can't really get that same socialization. So if you're not 
pushing somebody to be in person, people who may have mild social anxiety, instead of facing those fears and seeing, okay, I can cope with this. It's not going to be an impediment to me. It just further pushes them down that social anxiety ladder because they can just stay home. They don't now they don't have to go to school. They don't have to face a lot of the issues that they might have. And so we're creating individuals who are worse and worse in social dynamics. And that's um, EQ. It's EQ and it's it's emotional health and it's yeah. understanding the world you live in and being able to face difficult grit. Your your it's EQ, it's grit, it's mental health, resilience, you know, yeah. Resilience. All these things that really, as human beings, forget about in the business world, just as human beings, they are vital survival skills. And yeah. if we don't, as you said, if you just allow people to do whatever they want, they're going to indulge their worst instincts and mm. stay away from those things that are difficult, but may ultimately be the most enriching for their lives. Yeah, I often think that the the accountability that happens in businesses is the, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I work in businesses is because it's one of the ripest places where accountability still exists. Parents are holding their kids less accountable than probably ever before in history as a whole. The religious institutions are losing members and or softening their teachings in order to include more people to get their membership levels high and to appeal to the younger generations who don't want to be put in a box. Right. And so where is it that accountability can actually happen? It's only in business and, uh, and it's barely happening there at all. Like, to me, my experience, I've been doing this almost 20 years and accountability is the number one underlying condition that I see almost every time, the lack, the lack of it. Yeah. Um, and um, if, so if employees are remote, uh, that doesn't bode well. Yeah, I mean, you can still hold people accountable sure. remote, but I think that you got to be better at it. It's harder, and you have to be more intentional. Yeah, not so much about holding people accountable, but you have to be much more intentional as an organization when you're dealing with remote, ta- you know, remote employees and talent, because it's not as easy. You can't just walk into somebody's office or tap them on the shoulder or ask them a question. You know. Yeah. You have to be much more intentional and you can't gauge necessarily somebody's mental health. You know, how are they feeling right now? Is now the time to deliver this annoying great call news to them? Yeah. Yeah, cuz you, you can't you you can't feel it. I mean, you can You don't feel their energy, you don't see the body language. Yeah. Even if you're doing the Zoom, you don't see what happens pre-Zoom, you know. Um, so <laughs> Right. You don't see them drag themselves into the meeting and stare at the right. floor waiting for everyone to get there. Right. They put on their face and turn the Zoom on and yeah, they can yep. perform it. Mm. Yeah. So uh, we're we're almost out of time here. But any thoughts you have about how to hold people accountable remotely? Like, how can people do that better? Well, I think um, manage people remotely. Yeah, you know, intentionality is the word that we use. Um, it has to be much more of a structured process. You can't really leave things up to the oh, well, you know, I'll see him tomorrow, or mm-hmm. I'll catch up with them, you know, at lunch. Um, yeah. So you have to in our in our office, we've built in both business related check ins, one on ones, and also personal check ins. Like as as a group, we'll check in every Monday, and literally not. I mean, there may be occasional 
conversations that happen that are business related, but it's really about, you know, what you do in the weekend, what's your plans for the week, you know, how are you doing, anything interesting to talk about or, or personal issues that you would want to discuss. We have meditation sessions that we've built into this, all these things, uh, or most of these things did not exist pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all about the ability for us to check in with people and be more intentional about what it is we're checking in with them about. So if they're doing a check-in, they'll know that this check-in is not really about work. They don't have to worry and have their notes about you know what's going on with this project or that project. Handy, this is really just like, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Is there anything you want to talk to the group about or do an individual breakout about? Good for you. And then throughout the week, there are other touch points about specific business-related things. I love that. I call. I think of that as content versus context. There needs to be a time where you, you don't get sucked down into talking about projects or tasks or work, but rather context, yeah. how you're yeah. relating to work, how you're relating to life. I think yep. that's great. And when we do our um, weekly sort of goals call, which is talking about what our plans are for the next week, um, what our benchmarks are, what, what would success look like for each individual person. We break it down to three personal goals. So they have to talk about three things they're going to try and achieve personally. Cool. And then six to eight things professionally or, or less, could be four to eight things, whatever. So it's not an overwhelming list of professional things. Um, and it's some personal items. We've This is pre-pandemic, but I think it's been really great, in my opinion, during the pandemic. We have an exercise challenge in our office and a bonus structure based on that. So uh, everybody can earn an extra amount of money if they exercise up to 30 times in a quarter. And exercise is defined as as 30 minutes or more of some physical activity. And it's, you know, incentivize working out. Wow. Yes. I've never heard of it. Believe it or not, believe it or not, we got this idea. Because one of our employees' insurance companies has an incentive. They get a discount on their premium each month if they do work out and like on their the health gym insurance. gym tracks the attendance they have, or something? They have and- certain gyms that they're affiliated with, and they, they have an actual check-in tracking system. Wow. So ours is more of the honor system. That yeah. is much more of a... But I was like, that's brilliant. Yeah. Right. They're incentivizing people to be healthier because they know that that's going to reduce the amount that they have to pay out as a company, you know, for insurance claims. And they get more productive, energized, engaged employees, of course. Wow. So that was another touch point for our company because we could see, like, all right, this person, you know, exercised two or three times this week. Um, they're doing something. They're getting out. They're they're doing something. Hopefully, that is beneficial to them physically and mentally. And this employee isn't, which doesn't mean that we would call them out, but you know, we may ask them more questions about, yeah. especially if they had goals set up that were like, I want to exercise twice this week. Yeah, and they then consistently it becomes a miss conversation. Those goals, then yeah. it can be a conversation. So again, to me, intentionality of how you do things, you can't leave things um, as loosey-goosey as they might have been pre-COVID. Yeah. And you know, having we don't want to have meetings for the sake of meetings, but we also want to have enough standups and and places to touch base that you as a manager managing somebody remotely has enough insight into what's going on to know if there's a problem or if there's going to be a time delay with the deliverable or if success metrics aren't working, you know, aren't being met. So to me, that's intentionality. Cool. That seems like a great place to close. It's a super cool idea. And that's, um, 
I, it just makes me smile to hear incentivizing exercise. I, I, I love that. It's been awesome. It really, it, it isn't really fun to sort of gamify something like that. Yeah, exactly. It's gamification, which is always fun. Well, Rashawn, it's been absolute pleasure getting to know you today and picking up. Likewise. Thank uh, you. Thanks so much for your time. The book again, for listeners who want to learn more. It's called Game Changer, How to Be 10X in the Talent Economy. And you can learn more about it at gamechangerthebook.com. My contact information is on the website as well. And we have a quiz that you can take to find out how 10X you are and how 10X your company is. All right. Fun stuff. Yeah. Very cool, Rasan. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.